Welcome back to the Psychedelic Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, David Flores, CEO of Global Track Solutions. And with me here today is Joshua White. He is the co-founder and director of Fireside Project, the first psychedelic peer support line. Uh, Joshua, it is a pleasure to have you here with me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, David, and it's, uh, it's uh, an honor to be here with you. And thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on. And of course, you know, it's full disclosure here, you know, us here at Global Track Solutions and Psychedelic Spotlight are very proud sponsors of Fireside Project. Uh, it's a wonderful cause, and I'm really looking forward to discussing and talking about it a lot more here. Um, but, you know, with that, Josh, you want to give us sort of an overview and an introduction to Fireside Project, how it came about and how the psychedelic peer, peer support line all came together and how that all came about? Sure. So, um, Fireside Project is a nonprofit that operates the psychedelic peer support line. Um, we launched on April 14th and we provide free confidential emotional support by phone and text message to a few different categories of people. Uh, we support people who are in the midst of psychedelic experiences. Uh, we support people who are trip sitting for others. So let's say your friend is having a challenging trip and you're providing support to them, you could reach out to us. We also provide support to people who are integrating past trips, whether that trip happened yesterday or 25 years ago. Uh, sometimes um, it's nice to be able to connect with uh, an anonymous peer who can help you process what's been coming up for you. And we also support people who themselves provide psychedelic support to others. So that could be therapists who are going through FDA clinical trials. Um, the experience of providing psychedelic peer support can be so beautiful um, and it can also be really uh, draining. And so we want to uh, support the healers. Um, so uh, Fireside Project kind of came into being um, uh, in October 2020, but the idea really um, came about um, in the aftermath of uh, the George Floyd murder and, um, and during the horrible fires in San Francisco and the rest, rest of the West Coast of the United States last year. And I was, you know, I was sitting around my apartment uh, feeling very depressed, like so many, uh, like so many people were, and feeling like the world was just headed in a terrible direction, and that um, I really felt like I needed to do something to um, uh, to really have a, as much of an impact as I possibly could on the world. And so I'd had my own, I started having my own psychedelic experiences probably about 15 years ago. And, um, and I, I knew from the very beginning that they were just so powerful that the healing potential of these medicines um, would uh, really have the potential to change the world. Um, and um, I was also very fortunate to be in weekly therapy uh, uh, for, for a very long time. And I noticed that the kind of synergistic effect that occurred between my psychedelic experiences and being able to process them with someone, uh, that for me really unlocked the potential of psychedelics. And so many years ago, I was thinking about leaving my career as a lawyer uh, to become a psychedelic therapist, wanting to really do for others what my own therapist had done for me. And as part of the exploration of that career transition, I had two very impactful volunteer experiences. The first was uh, with the MAPS Zendo project at festivals like Burning Man and Lightning in a Bottle. And I really saw how just beautiful and powerful it can be and really how alchemical it can be to hold space for someone um, as they sort of transition from the space of sometimes uh, terror 
and of feeling very overwhelmed to a place of calmness where they can really turn towards uh, what's coming up for them with curiosity and compassion and explore their inner world in a way that only psychedelics, I think, allow or psychedelics principally allow. Um, the other volunteer experience that I had that was so impactful was to volunteer for a nonprofit here in San Francisco called Safe and Sound. And one of the offerings of Safe and Sound is uh, what they call the talk line, a 24-7 support line for parents with young children. The mission of that organization is to stop child abuse. And the idea behind the talk line is to really provide support to parents as they process some of the challenging feelings that can come up for them around having kids. One of the things that made the talk line so powerful was that we offered weekly follow-up calls uh, to our clients. And this was something I'd never heard of before. Um, I'd normally thought of crisis lines as just a place you call for on one-off occasions when you were about to sort of boil over. Um, and these weekly calls were so powerful. Some of my clients I spoke to for years and I noticed there was this powerful kind of health equity component. Uh, in the United States, so, so many people don't have health insurance, or if they do, it doesn't cover time with a therapist. And even though we, we were uh, you know, counselors rather than professional therapists, I noticed just how um, healing it could be to have someone deeply listen uh, to my clients. And so um, I, I, you know, fast forward many years, as I was saying, to the start of the pandemic, and I thought to myself, well, the psychedelic movement is what really gives me the most hope for the world. Um, but the psychedelic movement is very homogenous in so many ways. Um, that's for so many reasons, in part because of the war on drugs um, and related issues. So I thought to myself, well, I think that I could start a support line for psychedelics. I could model it off of the, the talk line where I'd worked for many years. This practice of weekly follow-up calls could revolutionize how integration occurs. And the volunteer experience of working on the peer support line could be so powerful, one of the best volunteer opportunities ever to exist. And so if in the psychedelic movement, and so if we could really prioritize building bridges with all parts of the community and really creating a culture of belonging where volunteers uh, from all sorts of backgrounds feel, feel welcome and callers from all sorts of backgrounds feel welcome, then we could really then we could really change the direction of the psychedelic movement, especially if, as we do, um, we'll be um, hoping to offer scholarships to volunteers uh, who come from parts of the community that have been historically marginalized and so really create a pipeline of diverse healers over generations. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you mentioned, you know, the pandemic and you mentioned, of course, the very tragic death of George Floyd. And I mean, all of that points to what has been a very, uh, very difficult, you know, 12, 13 months for society and really humanity in general. Uh, you talked about that dread and sort of, you know, this, this anxiety of feeling where is the world going? And I think so many people, I think it resonates with so many people, um, you know, over the last year or so. And so, with that, you know, there was an article that came out uh, by Vice recently that really caught my attention. And I think it sort of ties into all of this here. And essentially, the gist of the article really is just, you know, that more and more people are turning to psychedelics for self mental health care. Um, and I think 
there's two sides to this. I think, you know, one side is obviously incredibly encouraging. We understand where things are as a society and humanity right now. Um, of course, the other side is the concern, you know, and re- recognizing how important responsibility and safety is when uh, utilizing psychedelics. But with that, you know, as I was reading that ar- article, the first thing that popped into my head was this is it. This is exactly why Fireside Project and their psychedelic peer support line needs to exist. And I'm so happy it now exists. Curious to get your thoughts on this, not, you know, asking to pick a side, you know, whether you think people should be able to utilize psychedelics on their own, but, you know, how important is it, you know, with, with so much interest now, you know, coming into psychedelics, how important is it to sort of have that support system and that framework in place in recognizing that whether or not we want people to do it, they're going to do it no matter what, you know? I think it's vital to have a risk reduction tool like the psychedelic peer support line. Um, what you just spoke to, what you just articulated, that is the that is the essence of risk reduction. Um, meaning, people are going to be engaging in these activities anyway. Um, these activities have risk, uh, and so it is the responsible thing to do. It is the right thing to do um, to have robust tools in place um, to help people mitigate that risk. And we really see Fireside Project is filling that critical unmet need. And the timeliness of um, the launch of the psychedelic peer support line and the arrival of Fireside Project is just, um, in my opinion, uncanny. Uh, we we came into existence only five days before uh, the November 3rd election when Washington, D.C. and the state of Oregon decriminalized psychedelics. Oregon, of course, went further and will be uh, implementing Measure 109, which will create a regulatory infrastructure for psilocybin-assisted therapy. So um, we, ha- and then of course, California only a few days later um, uh, announced, or Senator Weiner announced that he'd be introducing a bill to decriminalize psychedelics, SB 519, which is really moving along. And so what we have here is really this kind of confluence of circumstances. We have a there was already um, an international mental health crisis even before the pandemic. Uh, The pandemic, of course, uh, exacerbated that mental health crisis. All of the measures of of suffering uh, are are present and have gone up during during the pandemic. For example, uh, substance abuse, suicidality, anxiety, depression. In fact, towards the beginning of the pandemic, there was um, an article in the Washington Post about how a national emotional distress uh, hotline um, saw a call volume increase of a thousand percent from a year before. So we have people disconnected, isolated, and suffering. And that's all occurring at a time when access to these very powerful medications uh, and very powerful medicines, which although they do have significant healing potential, uh, do have risk. And so that's why uh, Fireside Project and the Psychedelic Peer Support Line are such vital tools now. Um, you're, you're absolutely correct that there, there is this fantastic research movement that's going on right now, and we're starting to really develop evidence about how healing psychedelics can be. But the Global Drug Survey report that the Vice article references um, talks about how 
people are still turning to psychedelics outside of a, a, a clinical context, outside of a professional context. Um, and, um, and that can be, that can be risky. Uh, I think the statistic in the global drug survey was that 4.2% of people, 4.2% of respondents uh, to that survey um, who took psychedelics with underlying psychiatric issues or for the purpose of alleviating their own mental distress, uh, distress 4.2% of those people sought out emergency services. Now, on the one hand, that's a fairly low number, 4.2%. But if you think about the fact that millions and millions of people across the world are, are taking psychedelics, um, that, that, that can be a lot of people going to the emergency room that can cost, that can lead to actual harms and it, and it can cost a lot of money. And so even though Fireside Project is not a substitute for um, seeking a doctor, right? We are not doctors, we don't provide medical care, we don't provide medical assessment, but what we do provide is emotional support. And I think very often what people need, especially when they're taking psychedelics alone and for the first time, uh, when they don't have friends who know how to support them, what they need is a person who is understanding, who can validate the reality of their experience, normalize, their experience, uh, help them interpret their experience, and really just be a compassionate person. And I think this is a vital risk reduction tool at this uh, inflection point in the psychedelic renaissance, the Western psychedelic renaissance. And most definitely. And so, you know, the psychedelic peer support line went live April 14th. Um, as we're recording this, that's just a little, little over a week ago. Um, but in that time, you know, I know we were emailing, you know, over the weekend and you were talking about, you know, how positive some of the responses you've seen so far coming from the launch of it. Can you share a little bit about, you know, how things have gone so far and what you've seen and uh, what really has encouraged you the most since it's launched? Sure. So, um, and I, first I should say, you know, we're open limited hours uh, during our pilot year. So we're open Thursday through Sunday, 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific time and Monday, 3 to 7 p.m. Pacific time. You can also find that information on our website. So the following information is kind of from, not from 24 seven, but it's from the limited hours that were open. So we have been um, blown away by, um, by the number of people who have reached out to us and also by uh, just the, the wide variety of, of um, conversations that we've had with people. Um, we've had more than 50 conversations in five full days uh, that the line was active. Uh, by full days, I mean 12 hours. We had um, more than 150 people reach out to us when we were closed. Um, of those 50 conversations that we had, um, uh, it was a mix of people who were in the midst of psychedelic experiences, people integrating past psychedelic experiences and supporting others. So we were just, it's one thing to believe with all of your heart as we do that this is a vital tool. And then it's another thing to have people actually reach out to you in their moments of, of, of need and desperation and to be able to provide that support. I, I think it's one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had in my life. And, um, and I think the people who reached out to us really expressed a similar gratitude. Um, one of the things that I was, um, really um, that struck me particularly hard is um, the number of integration calls where people expressed to us that they had tried reaching out to friends and family and even therapists. 
and we're pathologized. Um, we're told things like, you just took drugs, of course you don't feel good, um, or, or even worse things, like um, you probably um, damaged your brain by taking, uh, by taking these drugs. And so this is trauma. Uh, that these people experienced. And the, the effects of that trauma that were described to us were uh, really just heartbreaking. And so I think it really affirms uh, the, you know, the need for, um, for something like this. And, you know, we, we very deliberately um, offer service by phone and by text message because each of those means of communication um, um, have their own benefits and, and, and appeal to people, right? I think, uh, you know, I'm 43 years old. Generationally, I prefer to use the phone, um, but I think younger generations may prefer text message. And so we want to meet people where they are with that. Um, also, depending upon where you're physically located at the time, you may not have the privacy uh, to, you know, to speak on the phone, or it may just be too noisy. And so we received some text messages from people who, it was just a very short exchange where someone um, just wanted to know that we're out there for them and that we're ready to support them whenever they need it. And that reassurance, that, uh, that sense that you're not alone with your experience um, can not only be just so powerful, I also think it can really uh, actively mitigate risks because you know there's support for you if you need it. Most definitely. Uh, and you mentioned earlier, you know, uh, the mental health crisis that we are in the midst of right now. There's no question about it. Um, you know, I, I speak with Kelly Folkrod. She uh, is the uh, owner and operator of the Organic Mental Health Center down in Austin, Texas. And she tells me she's never been this overwhelmed in terms of having people reach out, seeking assistance, trying to schedule appointments. I think we are at a time right now where so many people need help. They need assistance. And so when, when the psychedelic peer support line launched, one of the first things I was questioning was, you know, do you guys have the bandwidth to support, I think, what's going to be an overwhelming response and an overwhelming amount of people reaching out with that in mind and with you guys just really getting the word out right now with Fireside Project What's the plan um, to really help solidify or strengthen, if you will, that infrastructure and the support line that you guys offer to ensure that you are able to connect with as many people as you possibly can? I love that question, David. Thank you. Um, you know, we have, so the first thing is um, the demand for, for people wanting to work on the support line has been overwhelming. I think at this point we've received 260 applications uh, to be part of our inaugural cohort, which currently stands around 35 people. So the desire of people to, to actually provide this support to others, um, I think is just as overwhelming as the amount of uh, suffering that there, that there is in the world. And that's not, um, that's not a surprise. Um, and we, we do have uh, sort of a, a structure in place to actively, um, you know, ramp up as, as demand, um, a lot, as demand dictates, um, you know, 
we, for example, will allow incoming volunteers to begin by shadowing um, uh, you know, current volunteers so they can really get a sense of what it's like to work on the line. Um, we've also really had uh, you know, an exceptionally experienced group of people um, uh, that are part of that uh, 260 plus people who have applied. So these are, these are all people who have provided um, you know, some form of support, whether it's um, you know, working for the Zendo or other in-person psychedelic peer support or actually being therapists themselves. Now, I wanna be clear, we're not offering therapy um, and we're not holding ourselves out as therapy. This is peer support only, but, but really the people who are on the line are people who are highly skilled already with, um, with, with psychedelic peer support um, or with just peer support. And, um, you know, we're, as I said, we're starting off with limited hours, but we have the sort of, um, you know, infrastructure in place to be able to expand the number of hours. And we hope to do that, um, you know, once we get our, our protocols in place. And then we also really want to offer this uh, service to everyone in the world eventually. Um, my hope is that uh, no one in the world ever has to be alone um, with the psychedelic experience or the integration of a psychedelic experience ever again. And um, we're, we're really um, putting the structures in place to make that happen. Yeah. So the psychedelic peer support line is entirely free. Um, I would imagine there are uh, people out there sort of questioning, how do you make something like this free and how do you keep it free? Uh, can you share a little bit about that? Sure. So we are a community organization. Um, you think of supporting your local NPR station. Um, we think everyone, uh, you know, should should want the psychedelic peer support line to exist because it's it's truly, a, a, you know, an organization that that is made up of the community and it exists to support the community. So we have several ways uh, to, you know, to really support us. We have a membership program um, where you can uh, sign up to make a recurrent monthly donation. Um, we, um, you know, we, we send out um, anonymous post-call surveys uh, that have links to, uh, to make donations. Um, and, you know, we're exploring different partnerships, but really our hope is, um, you know, give a couple dollars if, 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 you know, that I, I, what's one of the things that's been interesting, I've had hundreds of conversations now related to the psychedelic peer support line and getting it off the ground. And I think that something like 95% of people without a doubt have said to me, I just wish something like this had existed when, and then there's always a story that follows. And so now something like this exists. And, um, and, and it could only exist if people just kick in a few dollars. Um, you know, part of the reason it can be free is because of the amazing support of, of companies like, like yours, David. So thank you so much. Um, and, and also um, because really our model is uh, to have this be staffed by volunteers, because we do think that this is, if you are contemplating a career in uh, psychedelic healing, whether that's as a, a therapist, a psychiatrist, whatever, this is, this is in my, in my opinion, one of the best volunteer opportunities. And so we can keep our costs down. Um, volunteers get so much out of this because it's such a rich experience and, and really the community does too. That's beautiful. And, and maybe add some clarity here. So for volunteers, is there a call center or can volunteers work remotely from home? That is a great question. Uh, Everyone works remotely. Uh, so Fireside Project is a 100% remote organization. That's another reason our costs can stay low is because we don't have to rent office space. I'm 
I'm coming to you live from my kitchen right now. Um, and we have uh, volunteers from all over the world. So even though at the moment we only offer our uh, emotional support to people within the US, volunteers can come from all over the world. We have people working uh, with us from um, Canada, uh, the UK, Poland, um, and in fact, um, you know, international volunteers are, um, because of the time difference, particularly well suited to take uh, some of the, the late shifts, like the 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. shift, which is an exciting shift because you can really be speaking to people who are in such, a, such an acute need. But that can be a big lift for people in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, most definitely. Uh, last question here, Josh, before I let you go. Uh, Fireside Project currently really, it, the focus is on the psychedelic peer support line, which is very important. We've covered that here. Are there any plans to perhaps expand beyond that and incorporate additional resources as we continue to see the psychedelic community grow and interest in psychedelics only continue to you know expand throughout society? Great question. Yes, um, and and we have we're actively um, you know considering several options um, that that I think will become more viable when the pandemic ends. Um, we would like to we would like to provide um, peer support at festivals, um, you know festivals that the Zendo doesn't go to, of course. Um, but uh, you know. Oftentimes, you know, as a former Zendo volunteer, one of the challenges is that you know you don't know all of the people who you know you've you've uh, you're working alongside of, and and sometimes just because of demand, um, you know, you only can go through like a you know a two hour training. Uh, we think that what Fireside could offer festivals is amazing because we could have our volunteers who have gone through our thirty six hour training, and many of them will have worked together on the support line. So we think that that is a particularly powerful uh, offering that will be able to make. And our support line director, Adam Rubin, um, has uh, basically worked at more than uh, four dozen uh, or close to four dozen festivals across the world. And so he's exceptionally experienced when it comes to running his own psychedelic risk reduction crews at festivals. Another thing that we would like to do is, uh, you know, public education. Uh, I think it is um, vital for people to learn how to provide um, uh, psychedelic support to their friends. Um, no matter how robust the research community and the above ground community uh, becomes, I think so much of psychedelic use is always just going to be with friends. Um, and, uh, and I think uh, we can provide uh, education to people so they can support others. That, is, that directly feeds into our mission, uh, uh, which includes um, uh, public education. And then related to that, um, you know, we really see ourselves as um, because we think that the call volume is going to only continue to grow a really rich um, uh, source for learning about people's psychedelic experiences. What are the lessons that we that we can draw from providing uh, this type of support? And then as a community organization, we would share those lessons with the community and it could really inform um, how others how other people support. Um, their friends going through psychedelic experiences. Just as an example, I mean, I've noticed that um, during our first five days, uh, validating um, the, the the person's experience, saying yes, this is what you're describing is 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 normal and it's powerful, and this is part of what it's like to have a psychedelic experience. Um, that's really been a, th a sort of a through line on a lot of the um, on a lot of the calls, and it will just be amazing to be able to kind of share what we learn with the public, so that everyone can minimize the risks and fulfill the potential of their psychedelic experiences, and that's our that's our mission. 
I love it. And, uh, you know, I got to thank you again for you know, everything that you've done to bring this together. It's a, it's a incredibly important resource. And I think it's only going, going to continue to be even more important in the years to come. And on that, you know, I want to challenge once again, other leaders and other companies here in this space to get involved and to sponsor, you know, like we have here. Um, I think it's very important to provide that level of support um, for anybody out there who's able to. And we'll make sure we get uh, the website information included here with this uh, with this podcast. So if anybody has any questions or is interested in perhaps sponsoring, they can connect. If anybody wants to reach out to us here directly at Psychedelic Spotlight for that, we can certainly point them in the right direction. But one one last thing, if for anybody out there, Josh, who has not yet entered the Psychedelic Peer Support Line into their phone, how can they do it? Great question. Um, all you have to do is enter the number six, the number two, Fireside. So 623-473-7433. And if I can just add one thing, David, which is, you know, we can only help people if they know that we exist. And so if you are part of, if you're listening and you're part of an organization, um, please add us to your website, add us to your newsletter, um, at, you know, really in, in, a, in a prominent place. Um, that could be uh, on your landing page in the footer. Um, we have some shareable graphics that you can download uh, from like straight from our landing page that, that provide this basic information. Um, one model that I really love is Double Blind, the magazine. At the end of every article, they have a sentence that says, if you're looking for free confidential peer support um, during and after your psychedelic experiences, call or text 623-473-7433. And our hope is that that sentence and the little banner that we created with that sentence on there will be ubiquitous um, so that people know about us before they need us. Beautiful. And I'm taking that as a challenge here for us here at Psychedelic Spotlight. We're going to make sure we get that added everywhere we possibly can, because it really is about getting the word out. So Josh, thank you so much again for taking the time to do this. Um, wishing you the best of luck here as you guys continue to move forward and expand with uh, the peer, Psychedelic Peer Support Line. And I look forward to having you back on uh, again and uh, touching on some other subjects and other topics. But thank you so much for doing this. It's my pleasure. And again, thank you, David, for your support. Um, you know, you supported us and your company supported us before we launched when it mattered most um, to really get that initial um, uh, wind in our sails. And so thank you so much for doing that. My pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, David. Global Track Solutions, Inc. and Psychedelic Spotlight does not in any way encourage or condone the use purchase, sale, or transfer of any illegal substances, nor do we encourage or condone partaking in any unlawful activities. We support a harm reduction approach for the purpose of education and promoting individual and public safety. If you are choosing to use psychedelic substances, please do so responsibly. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the Psychedelic Spotlight podcast are those of their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Psychedelic Spotlight and Global Track Solutions, Inc.